everybody, and welcome to another brand new episode of T Watches a Scary Movie. My name is T, and of course, we're talking some scary movies. I appreciate everybody tuning in for another brand new episode. Remember, brand new episodes go up every Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. All right, 8.30 p.m. every Wednesday, Mountain Standard Time. And we got uh, some fun stuff to talk about this week here, but I want to make sure everybody gets subscribed and that they're on the right places that they need to be. Remember, we have our video versions, which if you can see me, you're obviously watching the video version. That's going to be on YouTube. That's youtube.com slash C slash Theron Reynolds scary movie. Again, youtube.com slash C slash Theron Reynolds scary movie. Also, our audio only versions they're on Podbean. just search t watches a scary movie you'll find us on there and i'm still working on the spotify and the itunes availability there also if you find us on facebook you can find our facebook group for t watches a scary movie you can see when we're doing our watch parties join up onto those to watch whatever tv shows or movies we've been watching we've been getting back to the tv watch parties which has been excellent because we definitely took a few months off of those to focus more so on movies especially when the big movie marathon came around for the halloween season so it's nice to just kind of get back in the tv but we are actually back to our first regular wednesday movie night here tonight now uh we did our tv party last night uh we watched new episode of chucky new episode of dexter new episode of creep show and then of course we watched the exorcist the haunting of hill house and marianne as well too but tonight Hence what we're talking about here in our episode, we're going to be watching Spell. So make sure to get over to the Facebook group so you can find the information on how to join the watch party and watch with us. Yes, we got a good movie night coming up for y'all tonight here. So in trying to figure out what I wanted to talk about, because we really have just been talking TV the last couple of weeks, um, I got a suggestion from a friend of mine, Samantha, who decided to recommend this movie called Spell that came out last year. And I remember hearing bits and pieces about this last year. Um, nothing too good or too bad one way or the other. Um, and um, uh, Omari Hardwick, who plays the lead character in Spell, um, I've seen him in a lot of things. So um, typically, if he's in something, it's something I'll happily check out. Because usually there's a higher chance of it being good than it is being bad. Um, but because I didn't really have anything coming up here in November, because um, there's not a lot of Thanksgiving movies and thank God next week we have a couple that I haven't seen before that we can kind of go back and watch. But I was like, all right, let's get into some new shit. And I was like, this is a perfect opportunity to watch this and talk about it. And man, do I have some thoughts on spells. So we're going to be talking about that tonight. But we're also going to talk a little bit about the latest episode of Chucky, the latest episode of Dexter New Blood as well, too. Spoiler free, of course, because those just came out. And I want you all to be able to enjoy that if for any reason you didn't catch it with us, either when they aired or in their watch party. So that's what we got coming for you tonight. We're talking the latest episode of Dexter. We're talking the latest episode of Chucky. And we are talking Spell. Uh, and I want to remind y'all that next week we got a few different watch parties coming for y'all. Um, I'm going to kind of play around with them a little bit because we were going to watch the entire Resident Evil series this coming Monday. We're going to have our TV watch party this coming Tuesday. And then we're going to watch Thanks Killing 3 and uh, Black Friday on Wednesday. But we're going to kind of play around with that a little bit because my work schedule got changed. So the Resident Evil movies might be dispersed amongst a couple of other days there. But we'll see. But I want to make sure you're all joining up and having some fun with us when we start getting into those. 
And what a year. What a year that we have had, y'all. Um, it's hard to believe it is November. It's mid-November already. We're closer to the end of November. This year has actually gone by super quick, which is a big change from last year when uh, 2020 just was the year that wouldn't end. So I'm happy that we're finally kind of getting to the end of all of this here. Um, another fantastic year for horror. I'm excited to go over my best of list here in, uh, at the end of December. So that is coming up. We're going to talk about the best of 2021 in horror. And I got some interesting picks there for what's going to go in those top spots now. Um, but we've seen a lot of good stuff together and we know we got that coming up in December. Um, of course, we have the naughty cut of Krumpus coming out that we're going to watch together. And then we got to find some other holiday horror to get into as well. Don't forget, we do have another all-nighter that we are looking to do in December too. That's going to be a holiday horror one. Going to be a lot of fun to do that with y'all. So, uh, let's start off talking about our TV. Let's start talking a little Dexter first of all so uh i am going to try to keep this as spoiler free as humanly possible there are certain things we are just not going to be able to get around though um so if you're trying to stay completely spoiler free of dexter new blood i would advise you to stop listening right now stop listening right this moment all right so uh we are now two uh two episodes into dexter new blood um our second episode this week entitled storm of fuck appropriately which you know it, like i'm loving these names so far uh it, it's a very big difference from the original series because the original series all the episodes had titles and stuff like that as well too um but we're in this uh we're in where we're at these days now, these names have a lot more meaning. Usually they're going to end up playing into something. And Storm of Fuck is, that's such a Deb line. That is such a Deborah Morgan thing to say. And given a lot of what happens in this episode, it's understandable that that does seem like something that Deb Morgan would say here. When we left off in episode one, uh, Dexter had finally, uh, had finally introduced himself to uh to his son harrison who had been uh who was shown up here in iron lake um and is basically uh trying to like figure out who dexter is why do you leave what happened all these kinds of things because harrison's not really aware of dexter's past he was so young back in the original version of the show there that he wasn't privy that we know of to Dexter's murderous desires, uh, even when Rita was murdered and everything, um, which is interesting because, you know, we do get to talk about that a little bit when um, uh, Harrison talks with Dexter's girlfriend, uh, the police chief, basically, um, uh, Angela. He's... Um, he kind of talks to her daughter about what happened to his folks. You know, he had his mom and then he had his stepmom, which we do find out. And again, it's spoiler territory, but got to kind of hit it. Um, I had mentioned that I was worried that with Harrison being introduced in episode one, that I didn't know if they were going to be able to sustain that, if they were going to be able to either set off on their own path of what Dexter new blood really is versus what, uh, uh, uh what the original show was too. Like, was this going to be Dexter season nine or is this an entirely new thing? And Harrison showing up in the first episode definitely didn't leave me too optimistic for where that was going. And I, I know that doesn't sound great, but it, it's true. I mean, I wanted to see them carve something different here. I love the original show. I've already talked about it. I didn't have that many issues the way it ended. But I wanted to see them go down a different route. And I was worried that um, this could mean that we go back more into old Dexter than we do new. 
And thankfully, Harrison showing up didn't mean that we had this just conclave of older Dexter characters showing back up with them. Um, which, of course, they probably weren't going to. They weren't announced for a lot of the casting or anything like that either. So it's not like I was expecting uh, Batista or Quinn to show up out of nowhere. Or even like a dead Dokes or anything like that. Like, wasn't expecting any of these guys to show up. But you never know these days. We're like, some things are able to be kept secret pretty well. So I didn't know really what to expect from this. Um so uh harrison shows up dexter brings him back home dexter is basically trying to open this relationship up while his dark passenger is basically telling him don't do it anytime you've ever opened up to anybody anytime you revealed your secret to anybody it has always gone terribly wrong which is not false in the least bit there i mean we do have to think about it you know the first person when we watched the show that kind of found out about it was his brother the uh who eventually ended up being the ice truck killer brian moser um brian ended up dead uh lila found out lila ended up dead dokes found out dokes ended up dead um uh you know all the big bads across the course of the show that found out of course they all end up dead but a lot of people uh who just were hanging around dexter normally in his life who find out they end up on the wrong side of everything as well too whether it's deb whether it's laguerta uh dokes has already said like folks tend to not do so hot when they're next to dexter and right away we get some information on what's been going on with harrison in his life which is kind of cool um we're, it's revealed, and again, we can take this as, at face value for now because we don't know what's true or what's not, especially because right now this is just a limited series. It's going to be over after 10 episodes, and you know, come mid-January, that's kind of it. Uh, but I guess the real question here is, is Hannah really dead? Because Harrison reveals to us that Hannah died of pancreatic cancer a few years back, and ever since then, Harrison's been on the search for Dexter trying to find, you know, some uh, some semblance of who he is, where he come from, those kinds of things. Now, uh, the rest of the episode is a lot of Dexter and Harrison kind of getting to know each other a little bit more because you got to remember Dexter hasn't seen Harrison in 10 years at this point now you know uh, Harrison was five or six when Dexter uh, when Deb died and Dexter basically abandoned him and now they're showing back up it's not just a quick and easy we're family again and everything's good um, stuff has to be worked out Dexter has a lot more on his plate now to deal with than he did back then 10 years ago when Harrison was still a kid and everything he's still a kid now but much different circumstances to deal with now, uh, the flip of that there is that we're continuing on from Dexter letting loose for the first time in 10 years, murdering a resident of Iron Lake, and now trying to hide that subsequent murder. We get to follow Dexter as he gets back to doing kind of what he was doing for My Miami Metro, because you have to remember, one of the biggest parts of the original series and Dexter being so successful as a serial killer was that he didn't have to really look over his shoulder a lot because he could be at these murder scenes, hide evidence, conceal things, whatever the case is. And he doesn't really have that kind of option here in Iron Lake. He's not an authority, but is still managing to insert himself and and like all these vital places he needs to be to cover his tracks up and we know it's just a matter of time before something falls through the cracks that's the way it always works out so something's gonna happen and right now i think it's gonna end up having a lot to do with harrison just because we show that there is obviously gonna be some contention there you know harrison was abandoned for 10 years and he's feeling understandably so a special way about that so very interesting to see where they're going to play out with this here. We don't move 
the story too far, except that the father of the character that Dexter killed in episode one shows up to kind of push the town into focusing more on this death. Dexter was hoping that things would just kind of slip under the radar. He'd throw out his evidence, and then at that point, everything would kind of go back to normal. But it's very, very clear that Dexter's not going to be able to just get away with things that simple. Clancy Brown coming in as the father of this murdered citizen obviously shows that Clancy Brown's going to be our big bad this season. He's going to be uh, the guy that we're looking out for, which makes sense because we got to see... Um, we got to see the uh, the homeless hitchhiking girl from episode one. Uh, turns out she's already been kidnapped at this point by somebody who's holding her captive and keeping a camera on her. And I think we can all put the assumption together. It is Clancy Brown from some of the shots. They show like uh, show a bit of his like eyes and face. And I know Clancy Brown is so clearly that's got to be him. So I'm excited to see where this plays out. Um, I like that we're leaning more into Iron Lake. Again, I want to see more from these characters. We're getting to know a bit more about the daughter of Sheriff uh, uh, Angela, her daughter, Audrey. And I'm excited to kind of see where that goes. Uh, you know, if there's uh, something going on with her and Harrison, because that's clearly where they're kind of trying to build to. And that's going to end up being a problem as well. Uh, but Dexter is still going good right now. Um, is it uh, as riveting and groundbreaking as I think a lot of people might have been hoping here? Something just completely out of left field? No, it's not. I think definitely right now New Blood is falling more into season nine than it is just being something completely different. But again, that's okay depending on who you are. If you're like me and you enjoyed season eight of Dexter, this isn't really that much of a problem. But if the last couple seasons of Dexter weren't really your bag, you might find yourself wanting a little bit more out of this. So we still have uh, another eight episodes to go. So we got plenty of time to flesh this out. We got a couple months of the show left. So uh, we'll see. We'll see where it ends up going. Alternatively, uh, we got a new episode of Chucky last night. We're up to six episodes of Chucky uh, titled Cape Queer. Which, if uh, you're not catching where like a lot of these titles are going, a lot of times it's parroting TV shows, movies, or something specifically going on, of course, uh, uh, throughout the episode. And in this one, there is a very, very big Cape Fear presence. Uh, Cape Fear, if you haven't seen it, uh, you know, the Gregory Peck movie, and then, of course, the remake uh, with Robert De Niro, Nick Nolte, uh, which a lot I think a lot more people are familiar with. That's, of course, what I'm familiar with. The Simpsons episode, I know everybody gets from the Robert De Niro version as well, too. Um, but basically, we get started off immediately. And again, we're not going to go over everything happening in the episode because I want to keep it kind of spoiler free. But we knew we had returning characters coming back. We got Nika last week. We got Tiffany Valentine last week. Um, and we got to see, actually, uh, another fragment of Charles Lee Ray's soul. This week, we get Andy and Kyle. That's right, folks. Alex Vincent and Christina Lee are back into the Chucky universe. And, man, do they look fantastic on screen together. Um, we got to do a lot of filling in the blanks from Cult of Chucky. Because you have to recall, at the end of Cult of Chucky, we are left with a lot of questions. We found out Chucky could split his soul up. So uh, Chuck, part of Chucky's soul was in Nika. There was at least a couple of other dolls that were left there that had Chucky's soul in it as well, too. And who knows? Because, again, you have to assume. It's a horror movie. We have to assume Chucky probably fragmented his soul a little bit more. Um, and... Uh, yeah, we don't know what happened at the end of, Ch of Colt up to the TV, uh, TV show. We know Andy was stuck in the mental hospital. 
Tiffany and Nika, uh, who is now Chucky, were driving away, um, and they had a uh, they had the Tiffany doll with them and everything. We just didn't know where any of this was gonna go. Um, and so over this course of this season so far, we've seen one Chucky doll get destroyed for sure. So we know without a doubt there's at least one Chucky doll that was destroyed. But that Chucky doll transferred its soul into a new Chucky doll. So it's kind of a one for one at that point there. But we got introduced to an additional Chucky doll, one from Colt, as Andy and Kyle look to be tracking down all the fragments of Charles Lee Ray's soul. They show up at a family here that happened to have one of those dolls from Colt, the one that had the melted hand. If you recall, Nika's uh, therapist that's played by uh, Lexi's dad in Chucky here, uh, Nika's therapist and Colt of Chucky, uh, burnt that doll's hand where the fingers start getting elongated and everything this doll shows up at another family's house we don't know why by the way we have no idea why whether that's a random plant just so chucky can still have like insurance out there or whether there was a purpose behind it there seems to be a purpose for everything but andy and kyle show up um uh, posing as uh census workers and basically murder the doll in front of the family which is hilarious because at this point in the series we kind of know the way that this works out there if you see it if you see this as an actual thing you can't really tell anybody because who the fuck is going to believe you all right so we're not really that worried about this family seeing andy and kyle murder another chucky doll because who the fuck are they going to tell at this point but great opening showing how badass andy and kyle continue to be again we got a little bit of that throughout curse uh, and colt with andy and then of course kyle showing up in the post credit scene of colt but to see that now they've kind of teamed up and their goal here is to get the revenge on chucky to end him for good that was really cool as well too we also got to see kind of the beginning of Chucky's voodoo background in our flashback scenes this week there as Chucky and Tiffany get uh, Tiffany's famed car that she has in some of these entries there. And we see Chucky beginning to look into a book of voodoo, which is really cool because you would kind of think that it's just out of no, uh, that like there was a big, big reasoning for it. And I'm okay with the idea that maybe just something clicked and I'm like, oh, this seems stupid and weird. Let me read it and kind of see, you know, what's going on. Um, also that there was a background to the owners of the car that they were murdered. I think that's going to end up playing into this here somehow too, because maybe that book uh, happens to be left by the murderers of Tiffany's car. Um, we got some more developments with Tiffany and Chucky Nika this week as well, too, as all the players are coming to Hackensack. Um, at this point, Jake and Jake and Devin have had another conversation with Andy and with Kyle now telling them about the way that Chucky kind of works. And it seems like everybody is now converging in Hackensack, which is really, really cool about this series. Props to fucking Don Mancini, man. Um, the season has had been fantastic already. We we figured that we are focusing on these new characters, which is cool because it allows us to keep the story moving, get new cast in there. It helps the networks out that may not necessarily want to say, look, I don't mean this negatively because these people are fucking awesome, but maybe the networks don't want to put Jennifer Tilly and Alex Vincent and Christina Leaf 
uh, Elise and Brad Dourif at the front of a TV show. I don't know why, because those guys are fucking awesome, but maybe the networks are like, look, you can have them in there, but they can't be the stars of the show. We need to appeal to, you know, the people out there today. And they've been doing that. Dawn's written a great show here, focusing on Jake and Devin and Lexi and Junior and their subsequent families and everything like that, that getting these legacy characters and their storylines in here is just sprinkling like so much goodness on there and i'm loving what we're seeing in chucky uh thus far we got two episodes left here or excuse me, uh yeah two two or three episodes left here in the season two it's two it is two i saw the commercial uh two episodes left i'm so sad about it because i do feel there could be some fleshing out with some other characters we made significant strides with junior's family this week specifically with his mother um which was very, very interesting uh, what they chose to do with Bree this week because I feel that Bree hasn't had uh, much to do, honestly. And um, and uh, they, they definitely gave Bree some importance this week for sure, which is awesome because this goes back into what we've seen with Chucky so far in this show and how Chucky's a manipulator. And he, he doesn't sometimes just need to kill you. Him fucking with these relationships out there is some of Chucky's best way to torment you and seeing what he's now moving on to junior to do, which I'm, I think I know where this is going. Honestly, um, I have a feeling, uh, and I, I've thrown some predictions out, but with only two episodes left, I'm going to throw some predictions out here. I have a feeling that first of all, one of these kids are getting possessed. Um, we're going back to old school child's play here. And I do think Chucky is going to put his soul into one of the kids here. And actually I would think that the goal we're looking at here is Junior. We're supposed to be looking at it as Junior is being set up to take over for what Chucky was trying to do with Jake. And instead, he's going to end up corrupting Junior. We're supposed to think Junior is the one that's going to get the fragment of the soul. I think it's actually going to end up being Devin that ends up getting uh, possessed by Chucky. Uh, and we I don't know that. I have nothing to base that off of at all. I'm just going by you know what I kind of feel from horror movies and shit like that. And I kind of feel that uh junior is like the big red herring here to where chucky's gonna end up inside of i think it's gonna end up being devin though so we'll see with that um but i am hoping that they uh they they flesh things out with logan wheeler played by devin sawa as well too because honestly i feel he's had the least to do we've seen it that his character is an overbearing father he's putting too much pressure on junior for sure and that uh he actually might be just as sinister as logan was as well or excuse me as lucas was jake's father that was killed by chucky um but i'm very interested to see where they go with that uh, two episodes i hope we get a little bit more we've seen some uh publicity stills come out that show that he might have a bit of a bigger role in these last two episodes here's hoping here's hoping with that um uh, but that's all i want to discuss here with chucky so far this episode was so awesome you need to check it out folks we got two episodes left Make sure you're out there tweeting about Chucky. We want that season two announcement here before the end of season one. Let's get it to him, folks. Uh, and that's going to bring us to the main focus of tonight's episode here. We are talking the movie Spell. Spell. So, again, as I mentioned, my good friend Samantha uh, recommended this movie Spell to me. She just told me, look, this is a movie you would really, really like. She wasn't going to tell me that much about it. She just said, check it out. And I had seen a few of my friends talking about it as well, too. Not to mention the cast of the cast of this movie, Omari Hardwick, Loretta Devine, John Beasley. Um, these are fantastic actors that I've loved and a lot of other things. 
didn't really know what to expect out of it uh and i came into it blind honestly it is on hulu right now um but it, it, it's worth checking it and i should have known better i should have known better because uh kurt wimmer wrote this film and kurt wimmer has written a lot of movies that i've really enjoyed uh he wrote sphere he wrote the thomas crown affair he wrote equilibrium he wrote ultraviolet he wrote street kings he wrote law abiding citizen um he's written a lot of movies that i've really enjoyed so i kind of feel dumb uh, for not seeing that and deciding that this was something that I should have been checking out in the first place now. Uh, but Spell tells the story of Marquis T. Woods, played by Amari Hardwick, um, who is a uh, um, a successful uh, successful lawyer back in the big city, basically, who we find uh, kind of escaped a lot of his upbringing. It seems like he uh, went through a rough childhood, being involved in a lot of things he really shouldn't have been. And his father was a very old school religious kind of person. And we kind of find out a little bit over the course of the movie that his father, when it came to religious things, believed, uh, believed in a lot of hoodoo. Hoodoo uh, is a it's a kind of witchcraft. Basically, it's a kind of belief, um, but it's kind of a more uh, more not middle class. What's the word for it? Centralized belief, because like voodoo is kind of more down in the south. Um, that's more of a French thing. And hoodoo is kind of a bit of an offshoot of that there. That is more of a, uh, a more of an African magic at that point there. And um, basically, when Marquis's father dies and he gets word of it, he decides he's going to take his family back to the funeral to kind of send his father off and, you know, kind of maybe put some demons to rest with that as well, too. But life has other plans there as on their way to his father, uh, to his home in Kentucky. Their plane is struck by lightning and they crash. And Marquis wakes up in the home of Earl and Miss Eloise, who are taking care of him, trying to nurse him back to health while Marquis's family remains missing. Um. Off the jump there, uh, and I, I've talked about it a little bit before here too, is that black horror is very interesting to me because um, a lot of times we're only gonna get uh, we're only gonna get one of three things here when it comes to black horror. I feel we're gonna get one um, stereotypical black horror, which what a lot of people I think assume is like it's you know gangs and. You know, it has to be in Africa and like a very tropey and stuff like that there now, which some of that can actually be really, really good. Um, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, then you have your traditional horror movies to where for the past, you know, 40, 50 years or so, African-Americans are typically the ones getting killed first. They're usually the voice of reason and they suffer the most, uh, suffer the most for being the voice of reason as well, too. Um, and then every now and then especially recently we get horror movies that are and i hate to say it there's no way to define it they are traditional or they are white horror movies but with a black cast and those tend to stand out really well to me because i just feel when i'm seeing those like oh my god like this is this is groundbreaking because we don't get a lot of it and i felt that way with spell because the type of character that Marquis is, he's this very, very successful lawyer back in the big city and everything. You know, he's rich. He has this family, you know, with a great wife and these two kids who are very spoiled, rich, uh, rich kids as well, too. They make sure to kind of impress in the film there. Um, 
they show that class divide between uh, Marquis and then when he gets to staying with Miss Eloise and Earl, um, kind of the class divide between, you know, a, a black person like him and a black per black people like Miss Eloise and Earl in the community that they live in. And um, tropes like that we usually see in a lot of white horror films. You know, it's basically it's like, hey, it's these these rich doctors and lawyers and all these things like that. And they end up coming across these backwoods inbred hicks, basically, is the best way to put it. And there's that big class divide. And in horror, we usually don't see African-Americans get roles like that to where they're the lawyers and the doctors and things like that. And it's really it, it really is recent to kind of do that. So. I felt a kind of certain way watching this movie and feeling like I hate to say it, but I am watching a white horror film with a black cast. And I really, really enjoyed that because I, I feel like I haven't gotten a lot of that. You know, uh, Marquis definitely looks down upon any of any of the hoodoo culture that his dad brought him up. In, and he talks a lot about the trauma that came with that. Obviously, there's a bit of abuse in there and, and a lot of discipline. But he talks to a lot of characters throughout the film about that. And that's a part of his fear of uh, the hoodoo happenings in this town that he ends up in in uh, backwoods uh, Appalachia Kentucky you know and Miss Eloise who's kind of our big baddie of the film and everything as well again a role like that uh, played by Loretta Devine who is no stranger to horror herself Miss Loretta Devine is a uh, she's one of our scream scream queens uh, if you might recall uh, she has definitely done more than a few, but you might remember her the most from Urban Legend and Urban Legend's final cut. She did both the first two Urban Legend movies, so she got her acting cred. She got her, her horror chops cut out for her and everything there now. Um, but Loretta Devine is so fantastic, especially because I think all of us, at least in the African-American culture, we grew up with Loretta Devine. You know, we love Loretta Devine. She's this nice black woman who you would trust with your life and god does that work so well for this movie because as miss eloise gets more and more and more sinister you just keep hoping like oh come on loretta turn it around miss eloise can't be that bad right oh no she is she is the devil folks she is absolutely horrible and loretta divine looks to be having so much uh, so much fun playing such a sinister character in this film um and it's interesting because we're also shown the hoodoo in this movie because Eloise is a, is a hoodoo witch. We're shown the, to not question this magic. And I love the acceptance of that there because in a lot of other films, um, it's shown that, you know, it's psych, it's psychosis, basically, that these characters are just absolutely batshit crazy. What they're doing doesn't do anything at all. It's all stupid and fucking dumb. Um, or we don't get to see a lot of it actually in action. And the movie from basically from the moment Marquis ends up in a Miss Miss uh, Miss Eloise and Earl's house, it makes it clear from the jump this is not an act, this is not a story, this is not fake. Like this is all real. And there's a reason that Marquis has to be afraid about everything that's going on because he thought this was all just a bunch of hocus pocus mumble jumbo, and it's not. This is all real shit that's happening around him and some very terrifying stuff. Um, uh, you know, it's very tense throughout the film because, uh, Marquis actually is able to kind of like move around on his, on his own a lot throughout this film. Like it's a bit almost like a misery vibe to where if you remember, you know, uh, Kathy Bates is keeping, uh, you know, keeping James Caan, you know, tied to the bed and everything, favorite author and all that. But there's a bit of a vibe of that 
here to this film too. There are some influences from that you kind of feel. And so it's very tense whenever Miss Eloise shows up with Marquis. You know, what is she going to find out that he's been doing? Can Marquis get out or get some signal away before she finds out about it? Um, so there's a lot of interesting tropes coming out of this film that I've seen in other stuff. There's some deliverance. There's some wrong turn. There's some misery in here. Um, uh, 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 there, there, there's some witch in here as well too. Like there's, there's a lot of stuff in here, interestingly enough. Um, but it's a really, really good movie though. Uh, light on the scares. I will say it's definitely gross in a lot of places, but, uh, light on the scares for sure, in my opinion, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. I don't think this is that kind of movie where it's a whole jump scary thing or anything like that. There may be one good jump scare in the entire film, but I do feel that, um, and you hear me talk about it a lot. They did keep the sense of dread throughout this movie. Um, and it's fun. It, it, it's fun and fast paced as well too. You can get through it like that pretty quick, honestly. Uh, and that's really, really good for it as well too. Um, would highly suggest that it is on Hulu. Like I mentioned, we're going to watch it together. Uh, and even more exciting because, you know, Amari Hardwick was just in, uh, Zack Snyder's army of the dead this past summer. So it's not like he's a stranger to being in some really good horror films as well, too. I'm going to hope that he's going to be the focus of the sequel to army of the dead that they're working on. We'll find out about that, which, yeah, I watched that, that prequel and was not really impressed. Um, but hey, that's neither here or there. Uh, but that's going to do it for us, folks. Uh, talked a little bit, a little spell. We talked some Dexter New Blood. We talked some Chucky as well, too. Had a great time discussing that with y'all. Next week, don't forget, we are going to be talking uh, Black Friday, the new Devin Sawa, Bruce Campbell, Michael Jai White horror comedy set around Thanksgiving and Christmas. And we're talking Thanksgiving 3. So. Get to the Facebook page. Check out all the different watch parties we have coming for you next week. We got Resident Evil and some TV shows coming for you as well, too. Make sure to like, to comment, and subscribe. I love, love interacting with y'all. It's always so much fun. And again, keep watching them scary movies, folks. My name is T. We've been talking scary movies. Stay scared.